It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Yin's ready for this. Pittsburgh Steelers Day here on the Franchise Focus Series at the Fantasy Points Podcast. I'm Joe Dolan. His name is Tom Brawley. This podcast needs listened. Let me tell you something about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, Tom, it's good that we we, we saved it for today. The Hall of Fame game's tonight between Pittsburgh and Dallas. I know you're excited for that. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait to see uh, all the backup quarter. Yeah, Mason Rudolph and the... Uh... You know, the Haskins, uh, the big showdown for the backup. Oh, yes. How's that battle been going, by the way? It sounds like Haskins has been playing fairly decent, but we'll see if that actually translates to the field. But, uh, you know, the the Steelers fans this week, oh, you got to, we got to trade Mason Rudolph to the Colts, you know, get a, get a third, you know, a day three pick for him. (laughs) Like, okay. Yeah. That's exactly what the Colts are looking for. Yeah. The Colts, Chris Ballard, he is like, let me call up. <laughs> Let me call Mason up Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Who's, who the hell's even starting for Dallas? Um, I think Garrett Gilbert, but I'm not, uh, I'm not and, entirely uh, sure. They still have Danucci, uh, Dak Prescott's hurt. Anyway, uh, if you're listening to this before the Hall of Fame game, I know people are like, yeah, the Hall of Fame game, and then it's always the worst football game. But, Tom, we have preseason hey, this year. It's football again. It's, it, it's is, back, it is. Fo- it is football again. Uh, we'll be watching it. Um uh, at least for a little bit. Uh, is Najee Harris expected to play for the Steelers? I haven't seen that. I, I know they want to get him in to game action. I, I think he is supposed to take like maybe a series tomorrow. But yeah, oh, that would they, be nice to see. Tomlin for, for is big on that getting rookies. You know, he's not gonna. Yeah, he ha- he did talk about that earlier in the preseason that he wants to, you know Najee Harris to play in preseason games. Well, Najee Harris is going to be a big focus of conversation on this podcast, as it is, of course, at the on the fran- uh, franchise focus series up at fantasypoints.com, where. Quite frankly, you should uh, be looking right now. You should go and subscribe. I'm seeing the subscriptions roll in as we talk. Tom, that means, A, number one, we're obviously extremely impressive and people just absolutely love listening to the podcast. But also, there is, uh, it's August and people are remembering that fantasy football exists. So um, absolutely get to fantasypoints.com and sign up right now. Tom, Pittsburgh Steelers, you're, 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 I mean, I think this is one of those teams. I think I could see him going five and twelve. I could see him going twelve and five and competing to make the Super Bowl. I mean, it, there is just a wide range of outcomes for Pittsburgh. Hell, Tom, we saw it last year when they went what eleven and uh, <laughs> yeah, and O, exactly. and then like lost their last six games. <laughs> Essentially, I mean, they they were completely volatile last year. Yeah, I even mm-hmm. wrote that in my uh, my betting preview that you know I, I see the Steelers and. And basically, the Saints as being the two most volatile teams this year. Yeah. Like, I would not be surprised if you know either one of those go, you know, one either one of those teams goes six and eleven, or you know, eleven and six, and you know, competing for their uh, you know division titles. But yeah, um, you know, they I- showed a lot of upside last year with the eleven and start, and the offense devolved into you know just all these short passes. The offensive line couldn't block, couldn't create any room for the backfield the, the running backs couldn't uh you know create on their own it was a a complete mess by the end of the year and uh, this offseason was dedicated to 
kind of tearing it all down and kind of rebuilding it back up here. You know, maybe one last season with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, we'll see how it goes. And, you know, he's coming to camp in, you know, better shape and, uh, you know, wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't stressing his arm out, you know, coming back from a rehab, uh, you know, the bit major elbow surgery that he had to undergo uh, at the end, you know, during the 2019 season. So, um, you know, there's mm-hmm. just mixed expectations with this team. It, it feels like it could go, uh, you know, just, pl- you know, uh, kind of spiral out of control or, you know, this is a team that's done it every year, you know, winning record ever since Ben Roethlisberger has been in the lineup here 17 straight years. So, uh, you know, this this thing could go a lot of different directions. Yeah. This season. Uh, eight and a half is the win total. Actually, minus, the, uh, minus 135 to the under, plus 450 to win the AFC North at Baltimore. Pretty heavy favorite. Cleveland up there as well. Um, so you have those two teams who are riding ahead of Pittsburgh. Plus 140 to make the playoffs again. Yeah, Pittsburgh kind of lined as the third best team in this division. Plus 2,200 to win the AFC, plus 4,000 to win the Super Bowl, Tom. Uh, I mean, again, you're, you're betting previews out on the website, but I, like, I think you can make an argument for anything here. I, I think you can make an argument to bet the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it, those odds have been moving down, though, if you yeah. want to you know, get the plus 4,000 odds there. Uh, you know, it started earlier this summer at plus 3,000. But, you know, I can understand why. They did lose some uh, pretty significant pieces, you know, you know, along the offensive line in Alleyville and Nueva. You know, Marquise Pouncey retires. Dave DeCra- De- David DeCastro uh, sounds like he's on the brink of retirement. He had ankle issues and uh, losing Bud Dupree and Mike Hilton. Uh, you know, so they, even the defense, it still expected to be one of the best in the league, a top five unit, still have a, you know, what, you know, the best or, you know, one of the best defensive lines in the league. Uh, but all of a sudden that depth on the defense is being going to be tested a little bit more there, you know, the, all the cap casualties and uh, it's just a thinner defense overall as well. So, yeah, um, you know, just major questions, you know, on the offensive line and, uh, you know, at quarterback is, you know, to put it frankly, uh, does the quarterback still have something left in that arm? Uh, second round pick on, uh, Najee Harris, Tom, he was actually a first round pick in the NFL. And, you know, this is, this is where the, the argument comes, comes in. It's, it's interesting. First and foremost, I like, I don't see the workload landmine that maybe Clyde Edwards Alaire had last year as the first round running back, or even Travis Etienne has this year as a first round running back. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, they are using, they drafted Najee Harris to use him as a bell cow running back. I expect that's going to be the usage. You know, I think it says something that this, which is a, a look, it's an extremely good coaching staff in front office. They looked at the available players and decided, you know, who's the best player for us? The running back. They thought the running back was a huge problem. I think a lot of Steeler fans would argue the offensive line was a bigger problem, but this very successful front office has determined the running back was the problem. Because of that offensive line, Najee Harris is a second-round pick. Are you buying Najee Harris right now, early to mid-second round, Tom? Yeah, I have been. Uh, I just love the potential workload that's coming his way. I mean, we got... Nothing behind him. I mean, Benny Snell's a cut candidate. They bring in Caitlin Bellage to to challenge him for that early, you know, that backup early down runner role. Uh, Anthony McFarland is an interesting prospect, but, you know, uh, kind of flopped in his opportunities last year. And, 
Um, you know, it's just, it's barren behind him. So, uh, you know, just excellent, you know, he did excellent work in Alabama, you know, as a, after the contact, making guys miss, uh, you know, he could do it in the passing game. You know, he developed that as his uh, career went along in, in, at Alabama there. So, um, it's, it's just all comes kind of comes down to that offensive line play. Cause we know, you know, from years of experience here doing this, that, uh, that uh, Mike Tomlin just loves to use these guys in bell cow, you know, bell cow back kind of situation. So we, we love that for fantasy. You know, he, he has the potential to be a, a 20 touch kind of guy in this backfield, but it all comes down to that revamped offensive line. And uh, just, just, I, I think, the Steelers must be, must have like maybe they think higher of their younger prospects that uh, that than the outside world did because they're giving a lot of these guys opportunities to play, uh, and that it's really going to come down to you know, and that's why his price, like you said, it's not a first round price, it's not even an early second round. He's kind of slipped, uh, you know, he's kind of fallen into that mid to to back end second round at this point. Uh, with some other guys like Joe Mixon and Antonio Gibson rising up draft boards. So, uh, you know, it's all going to come down to this offensive line play. And um, But I, I do think the scheme will be much better, too. With the, You know, we, we really didn't touch on that. Matt, Matt Canada's coming in. Um, you know, he was part of the uh, coaching staff last year. But, uh, you know, they're expected to go under center more, uh, expected to use more motion and, uh, you know, play action, things that should help out the running game here a bit, which is, uh, you know, they those things, you know, you'd think they'd be a part of an offense, but they were not last year. They were dead last in play action. Uh, ben, you know, God forbid he got under center last year. So uh, <laughs> those those are things that are actually going to happen this year, and they could look like an actual, uh, you know, uh, you know, running style offense here this year. Is there any player in the NFL um who looks less athletic than Ben Roethlisberger at this point when he's out there on the field. Like he's got this, like he's almost got like this thin lower body and his upper body is just gigantic. And it looks like it's like, like kind of the brawling look. Yeah, the brawl, he looks like he's a popsicle or something, like he's about to fall over. I mean, like for somebody who was like a second reaction player early in his oh, career, no. Tom, I'm not sure there's a guy who looks less athletic out there than Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I, I always think back to last year was that dreaded Monday night football game for the Steelers. Uh, you know, it was, uh, I think, week 15. Cincinnati. Yeah, they had a, a disastrous first, uh, first drive or two, and, you know – they wanted to come out and establish the running game. So Ben actually went under center. And of course he like basically got, you know, he couldn't get out of there fast <laughs> enough. He drops the fumble and, you know, the Bengals pick it up at the, you know, the, the Steelers like 25 yard line. They score t- another touchdown and go up 14 to nothing. And, uh, you know, that was just the epitome of, you know, the offense last year, uh, you know, We'll see. He's, you know, he actually came in probably closer to his listed weight. He's been coming. What, what do we say, Joe? You, yeah, they list him at like 250. Oh, they, they, uh, they list him at like 240, which is yes. freaking hysterical. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger hasn't weighed 240 since he was in high school. I mean, come <laughs> on. Yeah, he's been closer probably pushing the three bills there. Yeah. Uh, but this year he actually looks like he might be like a 260 this year coming into camp. So, uh, you know, maybe a little bit extra mobility will help help him out and help this rushing game out. Uh, the wide receivers, Tom, I, I, I think you can make an argument to drafting any of them. 
Juju's the cheapest. I think Claypool's been my favorite to draft in best ball. And I think Deontay's probably the most consistent. And the thing I've kind of liked about him, Tom, I don't think any of them are overpriced. Uh, like, I, maybe Deontay. Like, Deontay's kind of going in that range where Robert Woods and Adam Thielen are coming off the board. But I don't view him as somebody who, you know, is definitely a tier below those guys. I, I think they're all kind of fairly priced. Yeah, Juju is probably the guy I've had the most, you know, the least amount of here. I agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Claypool. I, I mean, I, I've been getting a lot of Deontay. He's too. my, uh, Claypool is by the way, my most drafted player on underdog. Oh, really? Well, I, yes. I mean, uh, a lot of things are pointing to, towards him, you know, a little bit of that DK Metcalf vibe from last year. Metcalf was being drafted a little bit earlier mm-hmm. than where Claypool's going in the kind of in that sixth round there. But, uh, you know, he was kind of a part-time player with James Washington, only played 63% of the snaps last year. Um, they didn't utilize him enough in the end zone last year. Only had, I think, eight targets in the end zone. And uh, you, you think that would be an area where they focus and, you know, get him more looks in the end zone. And if Ben has any kind of arm strength, you know, if it if he gets some back here, if this, you know, offense, offense gets a little more downfield mobility here, uh, he would be the guy that kind of pays off. So, uh, yeah, he's he's a guy that has a lot of upside. He gets those, you know, those big-time targets. You want the downfield targets. You want the end zone targets. So, uh, you know, he's pretty nice price at sixth round. But, you know, Deontay's – I'm still feeling really good about Deontay as well. He's in that – you know, that coveted role, the X receiver role in the, the Steelers offense with Antonio Brown and, uh, you know, the Santonio Holmes role. You know, Ben has always trusted those guys. He he lets his perimeter receivers, you know, win on the outside. And that's Deontay is yeah. one of the finest route runners. So, I mean, he, <laughs> I, I would be shocked if he dips down below, you know, eight targets a game and, you know, this year, even if there is a little bit less pass volume. So, yeah. He just doesn't have maybe the uh, high upside targets that Chase Play- Claypool is going to get, but uh, he's got a he's got a nice path to getting over 100 catches this year. Well, that'll wrap up the Pittsburgh Steelers discussion here on the Franchise Focus Series of the Fantasy Points Podcast. At Tom Brawley on Twitter, I'm at FG underscore Dolan. Make sure you go to FantasyPoints.com, check out the written edition of the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's a lot more information there with all players covered, strategy, scheme breakdowns, odds, pace, everything you could possibly want. Follow the site on Twitter at FantasyPTS as well, and that way you know when we release new articles and everything. It is going to be a massive year at FantasyPoints.com. For Tom Brawley, I'm Joe Dolan. Thanks for listening to this edition. Enjoy the uh, Hall of Fame game tonight for as long as you have it on the television. Pray for no injuries, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.